0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law i'm tim fitzgerald at gopowercat.com and i'm scott Jason with fog.net this is a replay of wibw's tv show the drive here's this week's episode on the 24 7 sports podcast network
1: good evening Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio from me, it's not what the script says, it's Scott
0: ChasingTheFog.net. Hey Scott, how you doing over there? I'm I'm doing great, I'm all, it's, you know, normally I get a monitor in front of me, so at least you do look like you're to my left. Mm -hmm. This week we're going off script, so truly you are across the studio. Yeah, it's, uh, they got new cameras here and I look fantastic. (laughs) You always look fantastic.
1: You can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show. On Twitter, at The Drive 13. And, of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, don't cry. You can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at GoPowerCat.com. And now at fog.net, and we will start things off with our two minute drill. And the two
0: minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Kansas State went to TCU without quarterback Skylar Thompson and still came home with a 21 to 14 victory. Fitz, K State did a lot right, but what did they do right to beat the Frogs? It was about defense. And, they, you know, they started true freshman Will Howard at quarterback.
1: Uh, How's that? You get your first start in the Big 12 as a true freshman on the road against a Gary Patterson defense uh, and you have to look at black, purple, and red uniforms all day. Uh, Will Howard uh, had to take over possession at like the two yard line on his first uh, possession as a starting quarterback and it looked bad and then he broke a long run and everything from there kind of fell in place for K-State. They started off with a couple field goals. Uh, They only scored one offensive touchdown in this game, uh, and they did convert a two-point conversion on that. And uh, then there was an interception by A.J. Parker for a touchdown. That's how they got to 21 points. But the good news for K-State fans was the defense was absolutely stellar throughout the game against TCU. And in fact, uh, once K-State got up by 14 in the second half, it looked like it was going to be almost impossible for the Frogs to make a comeback because K-State was being so efficient and getting them off the field so quickly. Uh, I, I'm just amazed at how good this defense has become in a short period of time. And, and Scott, the special teams did it again. They blocked a field goal in this game. Uh, that is now a significant play from the special teams in all four games so far this season. K-State is 3-0 and in the Big 12 as they cruise into an off week. And uh, This team, with the exception of the injuries, Skylar Thompson being the most notable one, seems to really be coming together mm-hmm. for the Wildcats. Uh, Chris Kleiman is pushing all the right buttons right now. And a mad shout-out to Joe Klanderman, the new defensive coordinator, for what looked like really old-school Kansas State defense. Physical, assertive take control of the game, and uh, it was a really nice win. To go out on the road for the
0: second time in conference play and get a second win, uh, Scott, this team's in a pretty good position. Yeah, let me let me just throw a word at you, culture. And, you know, I, I think in, when you talk about football, that word doesn't apply any more strongly than to the New England Patriots, the NFL level. You know, Tom Brady, when they had him, went out one year, Matt Castle comes in, and all of a sudden he looks like uh, a guy who can, you know, get you competing for the playoffs. And uh, I'm just so impressed with how Chris Kleiman can take – seemingly whatever situation he's in and make it look competitive make it look solid uh you know there were I think this game set uh, clock management coaching back about a thousand years but uh look Chris Kleiman gets his team to make the right plays big plays important plays and it seems like a lot of the time they are really well disciplined an impressive game
1: quite often the biggest battle and new coach faces isn't on the field it's in the locker room getting guys to believe and and Chris Kleiman really has this program in a good spot. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott, the Jayhawks were off this week, but there was still some news with Kansas announcing that head coach Les Miles had tested positive for COVID-19. What's the latest on coach and how's he doing?
0: Well, first of all, obviously, we wish coach well and, and hope he recovers. He is in his 60s, which is obviously a little bit scarier, but it sounds like uh, they're taking just about every precaution uh, that they can. You know, the release when this news came out, Jeff Long said kind of implied that he wasn't really symptomatic, said if he develops symptoms uh, or a fever, he probably won't be able to coach a game and at the time a week and a half later against West Virginia. On Saturday, an update from Sports Illustrated, a reporter there that Les Miles knows from his time at LSU, uh, same thing. Very, very little symptoms. I believe he had an X-ray and and nothing alarming there. So uh, those things are good. I, I think there's probably a separate conversation to be had about Les Miles on Wednesday, the day before he tested positive. Uh, doing his in-person radio show. Now there were a number of precautions, safety precautions, social distancing, uh, things kind of set up to make it safer. Uh, But Les Miles even said on the show that he had a cold. And I think we've learned a lot of us that, you know, if you are sick, if you have symptoms, the smart thing to do always would be to stay home. Uh, Even if it feels like you're overreacting, you just wanna be safe, you wanna keep everyone safe. Now a separate conversation that we can have uh, that's kind of interesting is who's going to be the interim coach if Les Miles can't coach? He's doing his job kind of remotely right now. There are a couple interesting options. Brent Deerman has been a college coach, albeit at a lower level, a head coach I should say. He's obviously Kansas' offensive coordinator. You have DJ Elliott who will take Les Miles' place on the Big 12 Coaches teleconference. I'm not quite sure if that counts for anything, but uh, you have some interesting names there between those two. Not a whole lot of other experienced guys. A lot of these coaches are on the younger side. In fact, I believe in in Shadara Uzo Deribe, you had a coach make 24 7 sports, uh, you know, under 30 best coaches. They've got a number of coaches in their 20s and 30s. So this is a very young coaching staff. Emmett Jones could be a potential name, but uh, I would expect it to be one of the coordinators. I truly don't know who it's going to be at this point.
1: That's interesting. When I heard news of this, I immediately went to the website and checked to see who the associate head coach was, and there isn't one. So uh, this will be an interesting choice. I imagine it will be Dearman, but Mm -hmm. who knows. Well, there were a number of Big 12 teams off this week, but the conference still captured some national attention with Oklahoma facing Texas in a four-overtime shootout. Scott, were those the Big 12's best two teams battling back and forth?
0: I sort of feel like maybe there was one of the best uh, two or three give or take teams with Oklahoma and that's just because look Oklahoma was up big late in this game this should never have gotten to overtime in the first place. Um, Oklahoma, the the issues Oklahoma has everyone focuses on the quarterback spot I, I think it's so much more related to the offensive line Spencer Rattler got knocked out of the game he, he might have been pulled might have been looked like he was dinged up they were working on him on the sidelines. Comes in in the second half, and he just played a mature game. He didn't force it. He didn't put up these huge numbers. He did throw, I believe, the game-winning touchdown pass. But uh, it was more about managing, making the right play, and not necessarily forcing the home run, which for a young guy, I think that can be difficult to do. But look, if I'm a Texas fan, I'm asking all sorts of questions about Tom Herman, and I've probably been asking those questions for a long while. Their defense is atrocious, horrible, and any other synonym you can come up, that means not very good. Uh, Tom Herman, coaches scared. Didn't go for it on fourth and one two times. Then he got forced into going, in, uh, going for it on a fourth and one at his own 20 because he refused to. Didn't go for two at the end of regulation. Didn't go for two at the end of double overtime. Oh, by the way, in triple overtime, you have to go for two. So you may as well go for the win, go for the knockout right yep. there. I, I don't know what Tom Herman's doing, but uh, they shouldn't have a Big 12 win. I mean, you think back to the Texas Tech game, the Texas Tech blue. Uh, Texas is lucky to be where it is right now. They, they've got problems.
1: I would guess that this would be the last season for Tom Herman. I, I mean, I was just astonished at watching how bad Texas looks. Uh, and then there's some context here, the fact that TCU had just won in Austin the week before and K-State goes down to Fort Worth and just kind of handles TCU. I really question how good Texas is at all. I don't think Oklahoma is very good, and I, I think you nailed it. It's the offensive line more than anything because at the end of that game with Kansas State, Kansas State was disrupting everything on offense for OU. With a four-man rush against the five offensive linemen. So it's just crazy that OU is, how is OU down? I don't understand how either team (laughs) is down, but they're both one and two in the conference now. Crazy. Now a quick look at our poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate.
0: The last week's question was, Kansas offense hasn't scored more than 14 points in three straight Big 12 games. That dates back to last year when will that streak end? And we look at the results. West Virginia, 33 percent, some people, about a third saying the Jayhawks will break that streak in the next game. But the top answer 37%, none of the above people saying this will go a few more weeks fits your gut. what are you thinking?
1: I'm just questioning none of the above. Does that mean some people think it'll go more than three weeks or it will last forever. <laughs> Because that would technically fit under none of the above. There's a lot uh, of answers. We should ask that one. I think they'll get it at West Virginia, but <laughs> that's just me. I don't know. This week's question is this. How many conference games will Kansas State, which is now 3-0 and in the Big 12, lose this year? So they have six to go, and there's your answers. A, zero or one. That means they're probably playing in the Big 12 championship game. B, two or three. C, four and five. And D, they'll lose out, including to Kansas, and probably... Uh, cry. Make your uh, votes over at the Twitter page of ours, at The Drive 13.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be picking D. Yeah, I don't think right. so. Well, that, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's, your work boot center.
0: Well, since opening the season with a loss to Arkansas State, by the way, that feels like 10 years ago, Kansas State has won its first three Big 12 games and now is ranked. fits. just how good can this Kansas State team get?
1: And I find that to be a really curious and interesting question because I honestly don't know, but... Uh, they have done something really unexpected, and I'm not talking about beating Oklahoma or being 3-0 in the conference. They have reached down into their depth and benefited from it. Now, this is something we haven't typically seen from K-State. In the past, if K-State had to dig into its depth, we'd we a drop-off, and it really got a little scary for K-State. But this coaching staff has done a really good job coaching through COVID-19. You have got guys that get sick, you got guys that get quarantined and someone has to play. And with the exception, a very notable exception of that first game, the guys have now got it. They understand, they've bought into that idea. And it has really turned out to be uh, a special thing we're watching. They're playing with a couple cornerbacks that uh, we didn't expect to see a whole lot of time on the field this year. And now they are playing extremely well. Their receivers aren't playing particularly well. Uh, this season. In fact, their leading receivers are a tight end and a running back and yet they're still winning. Now they've got an injured senior quarterback and they're starting a true freshman and they're still winning. Uh, I think you nailed it is that Chris Kleiman has created a culture of winning at Kansas State that you cannot deny. He inherited a, a belief in the program both inside the locker room and outside that Kansas State football can win a lot of games and that is all because of Coach Snyder and he credits Coach Snyder for that. But now all of a sudden, K-State might be the best team in the Big 12. I think Oklahoma State probably is, but Kansas State is in a conversation for that at 3-0, and now they're ranked 22 in both polls. Oh, if you could build a time machine and go back and play Arkansas State again, which by the way is 2-2 two two now after winning its second game of the season, you would probably see a much different K-State team handle itself in a much different manner against the Red Wolves, but you can't do that, and so it is.
0: K-State will carry that
1: ugly first loss, Mm -hmm. even if they somehow run the table in the conference. It's crazy.
0: I'm not sure Kansas State is the best team in the Big 12, but I am sure that even with a backup quarterback, they can beat any team in the Big 12. I think it's tremendously impressive.
1: Yep. Uh, They they have Oklahoma State coming to Manhattan, if that means anything in a limited crowd kind of year. So that's a few games down the road, but it'll be a big one. Well, Scott, the off week is over for Kansas football. Up next is a game against the West Virginia Mountaineers in Morgantown. What are a couple of areas you expect the Jayhawks to be better in this week?
0: Well, there certainly need to be a lot of areas uh, that they're better in or they're not going to be very successful. You know, the defense stands up at the beginning of the game and then, you know, gets keeps getting getting put back out on the field and eventually you have some breakdowns in the secondary and it's actually kind of interesting to watch the ESPN Plus series on Oklahoma State and you know, Mike Gundy didn't even want to call deep passes because it was so windy down on the field but uh, they did it and on one of those deep balls the ball hangs up in the air and the wide receiver is so wide open he can come back for the ball, catch it and still take it in for like a 50 or 60 yard touchdown. So look they've got a lot of stuff to clean up defensively but I think it all goes back to this offense just because you can control the clock especially when you want to run the ball and you can give your defense a break you can give them the chance to regroup and learn and you know Kansas has been in a really difficult situation offensively for two reasons that are out of their control obviously a lot of things in their control that they are uh, bungling right now but but things out of their control the first is not having that spring slate I, th- I think we've seen when you work in a new offense a new offensive coordinator i know he was there midseason but trying to work in a system that's going to be difficult The second part of that is having multiple quarterbacks, three, who have now played at least, you know, kind of an uninterrupted half. Thomas McVitie, a little bit different. He started the first game, got injured in the third quarter, but he was splitting time. Uh, All three of these quarterbacks are different. They will all run different variations of the offense. They will all do different things. So it's tricky when in one case you're switching guys in and out. Uh, In another case, a guy gets injured in the first first half of the game right after the second quarter starts. Now you're turning it over to a different guy with a different skill set. Kansas has had two weeks with this bye week or will have two weeks to prepare for this game at West Virginia. At this point, they have to know who their quarterback is going to be. You can't, when you're a program like Kansas, be relying on some kind of a game-time decision to flip something. The schematics are too important for that. So I expect the offense to look better from the perspective of they're going to know who that guy is going to be. They are going to have built-in offense to play to his strengths, and they certainly need that person to execute and and make the right calls. Yeah, until they
1: really identify a quarterback and have Mm -hmm. a quarterback that – fits what they want to do. It amazes me what you just said, that all the quarterbacks are different. When you're recruiting quarterbacks, you should kind of know what you want to accomplish on offense, yeah. uh, and you got to find the right guy. If you don't have a good quarterback, you're in big trouble, and that's, that's Kansas for quite a while now. Yeah. And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, we've spoken about some college football craziness, but no ending this weekend was more crazy than what went down between Auburn and Arkansas.
0: Scott, walk us through what took place at the end of this game at Auburn. I I mean, insane madness. You have a a one or a two point game. Auburn just wants to kick a field goal basically to walk off and, and win. You see the quarterback, Fumbles the snap under center. That's happened at Kansas too, by the way. Uh, in a spike the ball situation, yeah. goes to spike the ball. He spikes it backward. Yes. Uh, the referees at time, I guess at the time, didn't identify that it's a fumble. Although you know who identified it was a fumble. Arkansas. They went after that ball. Eventually they recovered it. I think the the referee said the play stood. It was intentional grounding. And and the reasoning was well there wasn't an immediate recovery right after. And because the whistles blew, it was too hard to figure out. So the play has to stand. What a mistake. I mean, if you're Arkansas, you have to feel absolutely horrible about this. The referees essentially gave a game to Auburn that, you know what, Arkansas deserved to win. Yep. That's a
1: fumble. I watched it live, actually. It had flipped over to the game, and, and I caught that very ending. And I'm like, I, as soon as I saw it, I go, that, that's a backwards yeah. pass. That that hit the ground. That's loose. And, and while Arkansas didn't immediately get it, I think you can make an argument that they – Nobody stopped playing long enough to say that Arkansas wouldn't have gotten it mm-hmm. if there hadn't been whistles. Arkansas, I, I, I feel bad for them. They won last week against Mississippi State. They could have gotten two SEC wins because this has been like a really downtrodden program mm-hmm. and the referees and the SEC kind of steal it from them. Mm. Mm. And I thought Big 12 officiating was bad. <laughs>
0: Just wait till the Pac 12 comes back. Yeah, oh, then it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question this week I like this one. Am I crazy for thinking Chris Kleiman is the best coach in the Big 12 from Andre in Manhattan? You think that's New York or Kansas?
1: Now, I'm pretty sure it's Andre the Giant, too, mm-hmm. even though, never mind. Uh, I think you you're getting there pretty quickly aren't you i mean i know that uh north of the border which i mean like the kansas missouri border in iowa they think uh, matt campbell uh is bear bryant the bear bryant of average uh but i i don't know i mean maybe mike gundy you people used to argue, argue gary patterson like lincoln riley gets the best players and wins a lot but does that make him the best coach I think you might be right, Andre. It might be Chris Kleiman. We'll see. Yeah,
0: there are things that make every coach special. He has a lot of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive.
1: Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show, and now it's time to look at our predictions. And remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive13. Here are last week's results. Everyone went 2-1 because we're all really smart. Scott still leads with a 6-5 record because he's a little bit smarter than the rest of us. And let's start with these picks. Of course, K-State's off next week. Next Saturday, Kansas plus 25 and a half at West Virginia. Will the Mountaineers win
0: by 26 or
1: more? Sadly,
0: I say yes. I'll say, I'll I'll take Kansas here. That's a lot of points. Don't feel great either way. Next is Oklahoma State minus six and a half at Baylor. I'm intrigued by Baylor at home. Maybe a letdown game. I'll go with the Bears. Okay, I'm going with Oklahoma State. I think Baylor
1: has a little COVID going on right Mm, now. That's not good. And our last game of the week is uh, the Kansas City Chiefs which sadly lost to the Raiders this week minus three and a half at the Buffalo Bills. And this game's been moved to Monday night. Chiefs will get back on
0: track. I'm telling you, it's gonna happen. Josh Allen for MVP. No, I'm just kidding. Give me the Chiefs as well.
1: Well, he could if the secondary isn't better than it was this week. Again, make your picks over on our Twitter page at the drive 13. And now it's time for our on the clock segment and On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community, and we start with Mr. Scott, Jason the fog.net.
0: Well, look at the year uh, Khalil Herbert has been having at Virginia Tech, and, and it seems unbelievable, right? You, you kind of remember some of his flashes at Kansas. He had a 290 rushing yard game, I believe, against West Virginia, very impressive. He was averaging 8.9 yards per carry uh, through four games when he decided to shut it down and transfer last year, and, Look, you can have problems with the way he kind of ended his tenure in Lawrence, you know, kind of choosing to sit out red shirt and ultimately transfer basically the day, the night before game with the coaching staff, not knowing, but I mean, his production now that he has moved to the ACC has been absolutely off the charts. I wrote down some of the numbers. Game one, six carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. You know, maybe they don't know what they have with him, so they're going to give him some more production. Game two, 20 carries, 208 yards, two touchdowns, 350 all-purpose yards because they also use him as a returner. They want to get him the ball. Game three, 18 carries, 138 yards, two more touchdowns, Five touchdowns on the season, 10.2 yards per carry. Uh, he's having a Heisman-level season. He obviously won't win it, and his team won't be good enough to do that, and he probably won't keep those numbers up. Uh, absolutely insane, a guy who's played himself into into NFL contention, basically. Way to go.
1: Uh, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but now Kansas has provided a starting running back and a starting quarterback <laughs> to Virginia Tech? And, and receiver. There, actually, Virginia Tech took a,
0: took a couple Kansas guys this well, last night. That's,
1: that's great. And they're winning with them that makes a lot of sense well nobody will argue this it's going to be a rebuilding year for kansas state basketball after a tragically bad season last year but there's a lot of young talent on the team and some hope that this team will be more cohesive maybe than last year's and scheduling has turned into a problem for kansas state so they solved it very creatively by having their own tournament that's right k-state will tip off its season with the little apple classic colorado drake and San Diego State, excuse me, South Dakota State, Mm -hmm. will come to town and K-State will play Drake in Colorado. I wrote down Duke, they're not coming. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.